The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air, and it's time to do some Monday morning quarterbacking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, and former Wildcat signal caller, Freddie Maggard. Live from Wild Eggs in Lexington, it's time to send your questions to Freddie. Tweet at Leach Report, or you can email to leachreport at gmail.com. And you can always call toll-free at 877-904-1080. It's all Wildcats, all the time. Served up on the Monday morning quarterback edition of The Leach Report at Wild Eggs. Now, here's Tom and Freddie. Welcome to the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show on a Tuesday. It's a little a little confusing, but Labor Day was yesterday, so it was a pre-recorded show. Everybody was able to take the day off. So we're on site. Next week we'll be back in our regular Monday slot. We alternate between this Palomar location and the Hamburg location of Wild Eggs in our mobile Clark's Pump and Shop studio here with Freddie Maggard for this show. And we're going to look back at the win over ULM and uh, look ahead to the matchup with Missouri coming up on Saturday at Kroger Field. And it uh, is a huge, huge game, Freddie Maggard, uh, for the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. This is, uh, you know, every game is important. Uh, but for the big picture of the season, for the uh, competition in the SEC East, Kentucky has to win Saturday. Every game's a must-win in the SEC. But this game for me has been circled for a year since Kentucky uh, got beat twenty to ten in Columbia, and uh, th- this is one that Kentucky has to win because if you want to reach that middle portion of the season of those four games, that that's a tough stretch. You have to start four zero, and you have to win the Battle of the Columbias, Columbia, uh, South Carolina, <laughs> in two weeks, Columbia, Missouri this weekend. Uh, so yeah, must win. All right, well, uh, Freddie's here on site, um, and we'll get to uh, his analysis, and we'll get to some of your questions as we move through the show. But right now, let's get right to the Wildcat news of the day. And Freddie talked about and it's presented, by the way, by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Uh, Freddie um, was talking about having this Missouri game circled <clears throat> on his calendar since last year when Kentucky went out to Mizzou and lost. And I think he's not the only one. Mark Stoops yesterday at his weekly news conference uh, was talking about this, and he said, I'm not going to forget. That's on my mind. He, meaning Coach Drinkowitz, had his team more prepared than I was. Stoops said the Mizzou was more physical. Uh, the Tigers ran 92 plays in that game. He said they were much more physical and much more prepared to play that's on me, Stoop said. I can promise you that's not going to happen again. So he went on to talk about it. it's not a revenge game or a payback game or anything like that. Uh, that I think for him, it seemed like when I heard him say that, Freddie, he's talking about he was disappointed in uh, how he prepared his team to play, and that's one that eats at you. Not that you, you know, you're looking to pay back. It's just when you're your team, your organization, whatever, underperforms, you want to, the next time you're in that setting, you want to change the result. Yeah, a lot of pride within these coaches. Uh, Mark Stoops has, is, uh, you know, he's a competitive man, a very competitive man. So he understands that his team did not perform well at Missouri last year. There were external circumstances. The first game with John Schlarman not on the sideline, uh, that was tough for this team. 
and 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 Missouri, and in specific, Connor Basil, like the quarterback, was fantastic yeah, last was. year against Kentucky. Moved the change. Interestingly, though, Tom, Missouri was so good on third and fourth down against Kentucky last year. Was one out of one out of eleven against Central Michigan <laughs> in the opening week on third down. So that's something to look forward to. We're going to get into the stats as we get deeper into this uh, evaluation of Missouri. But, yeah, uh, Kentucky uh, really needs a bounce-back win. I think beating Missouri will set the tone for SEC play later later in the, later in the year. Yeah, it was uh, a game uh, Stoops would – the kind of game Stoops would call a lot of aggravating yards where yes. they just kept converting. It wasn't like it was big plays. It was just they kept – Marching down the field, and Kentucky couldn't get off the field. You, you talked about he's a competitive man. Uh, Herb Street was on with us last week. Um, he's got a new book out, and so he was on. I think we uh, had the interview on Friday, and he talked about uh, he'd known the Stoops family for years, and he was at a, a family event one summer so a few years back. They were playing, I think, bocce ball. Yeah. And probably a uh, fight broke out. Well, he said, uh, I think he said his wife was rolling a ball and stepped over a line. And he said, "What did the other? What did the Stoops brothers call her out?" And she went, ah, ah. And Don't he's like, "Dude, me. chill out." Yeah. <laughs> Does not surprise me whatsoever. But that's that's a little bit of an insight yeah. into uh, yeah. that competitive uh, aggravating yards Kentucky allowed uh, with the Missouri offense. But I would also say it was aggravating for for the Kentucky fan base of what the Wildcats did offensively. Very little balance. Missouri with that press man, six people in the six defenders in the box, shut down pretty much that Kentucky uh, run game. Ran very few plays. I think forty or so plays. Thirty six. Thirty six plays that Kentucky ran last year. So a lot of ugly in that game in Columbia has got to be cleaned up. And I'm sure that film's being shown right now. Even though Missouri does have a new defensive coordinator, uh, plays a little bit differently than last year. Personnel has turned over because of the transfer portal. Missouri's been hurt by outgoing transfers, but it's also benefited by incoming transfers, including Blaze Allridge, the linebacker that was dynamic against Central Michigan last Saturday. A few other uh, news notes before we get to our first break here at uh, Wild Eggs in Palomar. Uh, number one, Shaden Sharp, top player in the class of 22, set to make his announcement tonight of where he's going to play basketball next season. Not necessarily college basketball, could be the G League, but almost everybody, uh, if not everybody, expects him to say he's going to come and play at Kentucky for John Calipari. Uh, last night, one last college football game of the first full weekend, and Ole Miss uh, hammered Louisville 43-24. to Rebels defense looked way better than uh, last year. And then tonight... It's uh, always a special event each fall or late summer when they induct the uh, new class for the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame. They do this in Louisville. If you uh, have been to Freedom Hall or the Yum Center, you walk around and you see the plaques on the wall honoring uh, these members of the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame. And tonight, the new class includes um, a couple of Kentucky uh, Wildcats, Dwayne Casey, and Keith Madison, also uh, Elmore Smith, former Kentucky State star, Rachel uh, Comazar-Ball, and uh, Romeo Cornell. Just a couple of notes. Uh, so happy for Dwayne and for Keith, uh, yeah. two tremendous guys who yeah. uh, uh, it's a very deserving honor for them and one that I've seen uh, stories in the Herald-Leader, one by Mark Story, one by Jerry Tipton, uh, with uh, Keith and Dwayne respectively, how much it means to them individually. It's yeah. going to be a special night. Happy for them. Yeah, I'm very happy for both of them, uh, especially Coach Madison. Uh, yep. Just a great guy. I love him very much. And what he's done after retirement, 
especially in my home community, the Tri-Cities in Harlan County. He goes back there every year with his uh, baseball ministry and, and helps uh, feed the community. He does so much for so many. I'm very happy for, for Coach Madison. We'll be right back on the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show. We're at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. Uh, and when we have guests on the phone, Freddie's here with us in person today. They come to us on the drinksword.com hotline. We'll be right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's the Shuffle Me Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show. We're coming to you from the Wild Eggs in Palomar. Go to wildeggs.com if you want to place an order for pickup. They've got a rack of, uh, out front just as you come in where orders are there for your pickup or for the folks from DoorDash and, and elsewhere. And you can uh, get online and uh, make a reservation there, too, at wildeggs.com. So, Freddie, let's look back a little bit, uh, first of all, in Kentucky had an as expected win. It's it's hard to know, um, you know, if what you're seeing is how good it is when the competition, when the gap in the competition is yeah. so great, right? Exactly. Uh, let's just be honest. Louisiana Monroe is not very good, right? So, how to gauge that Kentucky 45 to 10 win? Uh, you have to you have to you have to live in context. Obviously, the explosive plays offensively were a, a significant increase for Kentucky. Uh, it just mind-blowing, if you think about it, the, the plays of 10-plus yards, I think 12, uh, three 50-plus yards. Uh, but if you look, that's long scrimmage play or pass plays. The long scrimmage plays only had three runs of 10-plus yards. That, that's something that's unique or, or new for Kentucky. Uh, look at the first downs, 24 for the game, seven by run, 14 by pass. That is also a trend uh, buster for Kentucky as it goes forward to Missouri. I do think I think Will Levis was was fantastic. The throw that jumped out at me, the touchdown throws were nice, but they were running wide open. Right, you know you should make those those passes, but but the throw to Isaiah Epps on the sideline from the left hash downfield. That was the one Cohen talked about in Stoops yesterday. In too. a gear down, I, I, I know you call it a whole shot. We call it a gear down on the cover two. Behind the corner, in front of the safety, that throw to Epps was a wow throw for me. That wowed because me because of the degree of difficulty. The re- yeah, I mean the arm strength that it takes, plus the mentality of, of processing the defense, understanding that it is a cover two. You're going to have a gear down, and having the arm strength to get the football there. There's not many quarterbacks in the Southeastern Conference that can make that throw. Uh, I could never have made that throw. I mean, that, that, that really impressed me with Will Levis. Offensively, I, Tom, I'll be honest with you, I, I, don't, I think we didn't see very much of that playbook. Kentucky was very plain, uh, didn't throw a lot out there for Missouri to look at. Play action was, was really good for Kentucky, 8 of 12 for 200-plus yards. Uh, that's the bread and butter. But running the football only ran for 135 yards. It ran for 179, take away the sacks. But that, uh, that to me, is something that's got to improve, especially against Missouri. Uh, got to get that running game going, uh, four yards per carry. Uh, that's something. And then the penalties, seven penalties for 69 yards, has to be cleaned up, and the three turnovers. I understand everybody's excited. It was fun to watch. But there's a lot to clean up for Kentucky as well, and you have to put in context its opponent. Now, defensively, <clears throat> I thought Kentucky was spectacular. Uh, Brad White's unit, I mean, it was lights out. 
And here, here's here's why I see the difference. And here, as an opposing quarterback watching that defense, I see four players that force the issue for me as a quarterback. Yusuf Corker, so veteran, gives you so many false pre-snap reads that it that it gives you uh, incorrect checkdowns, incorrect reads, in, incorrect progressions pre-snap. Jordan Wright being able to get out in the get out in the flat and and move around as much as he does. It causes offenses to have false reads as well. Then DeAndre Square, I think, was was dynamic at linebacker. He was a step ahead of ULM on every play. The way he processed what the opponent was doing and then put that into action with his speed and getting ahead of the play was was fantastic. And then Josh Pascal was was like that. Led the team in tackles, three uh, a couple of tackles for loss and a sack. And I was really happy to see J.J. Weaver. I didn't expect yeah. him to, to contribute as to that degree this yes. early. Yes, he, he, he has a chance, Tom, to be, to be special. Uh, Octavi, Octavius Oxendine played really well, too. Stoops uh, you could see how he, up last night on the radio. How he, so. he'd lost, he's trimmed down. He's faster. He was explosive. He was sudden. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was good to see uh, as well. But that front seven of Kentucky just, just devoured ULM. That was, that was impressive to watch. Got to get to a break. Uh, we'll come back and... Continue our visit with Freddie Maggard on our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show from the Wild Eggs in Palomar. And we'll get to some of your questions in the second half here on the Leach Report on the road. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Pro Football Focus had Will Levis's opening performance graded as the third highest among Power 5 quarterbacks last week. Here's what the new OC, Liam Cohen, had to say about Levis and the performance against ULM. Yeah, I thought he missed some things early. You know, uh, obviously the first throw, <laughs> the kid's first throw as a, as a cat is a pick. Um, and it was just a little bit high and hot, the first one. And, um, you know, I thought he settled down nicely, though. And, and hit on some big-time throws. And he obviously, you guys saw us be able to push the ball down the field, and um, I know he wants some of those back, definitely, but I, I was happy with his composure, his, his ability to lead and just make some plays. I mean, the throw down the sideline, the Epps, that's not s- schemed up that way, just so we're all clear. He made a throw because he saw the corner overlap the seam, and he throws it, just flicks it. That's the big thing about him is, Tell the wideouts he can never stop running. Can never stop running when he's playing quarterback because he'll he'll let it rip. It was Liam Cohen after the game. He was talking about that same throw you were just talking about. Yeah, that 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 was the most impressive play that I saw from Will Levis. Uh, and former yeah. quarterbacks, yeah, are going to notice that. Yeah, you see things, but I, I liked his huddle management for the most part. He did well over there. Uh, his cadence was was good. Uh, I thought he he managed the game efficiently for his first time out as a starter for Kentucky. Uh, but I, I was really happy with Will Levis. If we can go back to the defense just for a second, Tom. Yeah, there's one more guy you want to yeah, mention. Yeah, I think Devontae Robinson was the biggest game changer for me. Why? Uh, because of how Kentucky can line him up. Uh, 6'2", 215-pound. You can call him an outside linebacker. You can call him a nickel. You can call him whatever you want to. But what he does is gives you flexibility and alignment. And with that alignment, uh, if he comes down in the box – then the defense automatically will go to a, a, a pass. Then he can drop and he can get in lanes. I mean, there's so many things Devontae Robinson can do because he's so experienced 
veteran, pre-snap wise and during play execution, I think Devontae Robinson is a, is a game changer for Kentucky. And that's where, I mean, all that experience, 10 yeah. seniors that yeah. start and then uh, one more in Mosley that's a backup. Yes. That when you have that kind of experience, and most of it, I mean, like uh, uh, Jones is a you know, transfer, but most of it is you know, grown guys you grew yeah. that they know what they're doing so well yeah. that it make, gives them the ability to disguise things and to make it difficult that's, on opposing quarterbacks. That's As a quarterback, that's what I watched on Saturday. And there's two things that, that give you a complete headache. One is a veteran safety that can disguise pre-snap, such as Yusuf, Yusuf Corker can mm-hmm. do. And then for a week, the unblockable rusher or flat player, which is Devontae Robinson, and you have to account for where he's aligned, and that gives you uh, uh, pre-snap reads on what you want to do in your progression. If he can confuse uh, just a little bit in pre-snap, which he did, and then execute the play after the ball snap, he's a game changer for now, me. Now, you know, you get into, you know, injuries. What if you have an injury to one of those inside linebackers and you've got a freshman or a couple yeah. of freshmen in there? That, uh, that, 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 that That's a buffer. That uh, hurts you a little bit in terms of experience, but at least you have so much experience surrounding them yes. that it lessens that blow, I would yeah, think. I, yeah, I talked all season about that, that, that back line of defense, Corker, Asian, Devontae Robinson, just a, just a, a, a fantastic trio for Kentucky and allows you to do so much defensively. You were, there were one play on Saturday, um, and it was Katie McDaniel was lined up. They ended up calling a timeout. Yeah. He was, I guess, lined up incorrectly. Yeah. And you see, I think it was Corker and somebody else, and they're up there like, basically like coaches. They're grabbing him and yeah. pulling him and like, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's, you know, it's Corker coaching another position. Exactly. And I saw DeAndre Square do that to the front guys, too. So, yeah, veterans all over the place on this defense will be interested to be, and I'll be fascinated to see how this defense goes against Connor Basilak. And Tyler Beatty, a fantastic running back, 243 yeah. yards from scrimmage. Uh, he's a dude there for, for Missouri. So, big test for the Cats. We'll talk about that when we get into the second half of the show, get to some of your questions for Freddie Maggard. We're here at the Wild Eggs in Palomar for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show. It's a night game on Saturday, so you got to get out, set up the tailgate in the morning. You need to be fueled up. So you come here to Wild Eggs, you order the mad platter. It's three eggs, it's bacon or sausage, it's home fries or grits, your choice of bread or muffin, and a large pancake. You have that, you are fueled up, you are good until you fire up the grill somewhere in the afternoon. That'll hold you for a good long time. So it's the Wild Eggs in Palomar or Hamburg for your pregame fuel up for Saturday. We'll be right back with Freddie Magger. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Second half of our show from the Mobile Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the Leach Report with Freddie Maggard. We're on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. If you're hearing a little background noise, that's what that is, as uh, the folks roll in for their breakfast and brunch here at Wild Eggs. Um, one note on the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame tonight. Um, I mentioned the inductees. Uh, Rachel Comsar's ball is also a former Wildcat, along with Keith Madison and Dwayne Casey. Um, Keith and, and Dwayne have known for years. Don't know Rachel, but uh, obviously tremendous accomplishments in her time at UK. Same for uh, Romeo Cornell in the NFL. And then Elmore Smith uh, at Kentucky State and a uh, great uh, player in the NBA as well. But I remember him with uh, Travis Grant 
quite a one-two combo at Kentucky State when uh, they had great teams. Trancy had some great teams with uh, Dale Cosby and Everett Bass at that time, some great small college basketball. So congrats to all those folks going into the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame tonight. All right, Freddie Mac, let's get some questions from our listeners for you. You can uh, tweet them in. Um, you can email me, as uh, Jim has done here, at leachreport at gmail.com. He says, didn't really feel like the running game was what it should have been against a lesser opponent. Did you see it that way? Um, yes, to be honest with you. But uh, I think that was the first time out in that zone read, uh, and, and and that's going to only get better. And when you have a running back that, that's all-conference and all-world like Chris Rodriguez Jr., he's going to get it. That offensive line, I thought, played well. Uh, four sacks allowed. That, that's that's a number that I'm looking at that needs to be cleaned up. Also, seven penalties and, and three turnovers. Also, numbers that, you know, those those numbers, the turnovers, the sacks, penalties, are things that that Lee and Cohen can use going into this week. But uh, the Kentucky run game, 4.3 yards per carry, gained 179 yards, but lost 34 mostly through the sacks. So. 145 yards for the game. I was I was expecting a, a bigger production, and you have to think about it. That Rodriguez carry toward his last carry of the game put them up to that number. Yeah. So up until that point, it was not a lot of production in the run game. Looked like he was going to get a rare tackle for loss there, yeah. and, and he broke away and, and did Chris game. Rodriguez things exactly. Yeah. Um, Stoop said last night on the radio show. Uh, somebody asked uh, in the same vein uh, how the outside zone yeah. schemes worked, and he said actually that worked. Uh, pretty well he said they missed some reads on the inside zone yeah what they was the been their bread and butter in the it, it has been their bread and butter so i think they'll get that figured out and and, and fully think uh, that when the full playbook gets on display so that, that that's another aspect of this upcoming game missouri had to put everything out there because they were in a tight game with central michigan 34 24 final score was only up 17 14 at halftime so uh, Missouri put everything out there for Kentucky, and Kentucky, I don't think, did very much offensively. From Dennis, uh, LeachReport at gmail.com. Mosley is the backup at both corner spots. He says that's concerning to him. Is it concerning to you? No, because you always have a third corner. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a normal rotation for a defense is to have a third corner, which you consider a starter. Uh, Mosley is considered a starter within the defensive team room, and it's good to have a veteran or a senior out there. He's the uh, the eleventh senior. They have ten. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, there that start. just like tackle, you want a third offensive tackle. You want a third cornerback. Um, well, um, to one other question here. Let me get back to it. Open it up. Here it is from uh, from Henry. Uh, who's the fastest player on this Kentucky football team? Great question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who the fastest player is. Crowdus, maybe. Crowdus, right but he's 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 a little banged up there. Could be uh, one of the DBs. Certainly, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Overall, uh, Jeff and I were talking about this during the broadcast. Their overall team speed, particularly on defense, really showed very much so. Uh, very much so, and you can take that to that front line, that the three organic defensive linemen in a in a three four or three three five uh, concept. Octavius Oxendine looked really good to me, how he moved. Uh, that stood out. And, and then Josh Paschal, I've talked about him the entire pre- uh, preseason camp. He looked really good. Sudden, twitchy, uh, explosive. Uh, he's poised for a big year. But, but the overall team speed was, was excellent. DeAndre Square jumped out at me for being faster this year than last in previous years. 
but I don't think that has anything to do with speed. I think it has to do with play recognition and processing what the defense is doing and getting to the football quicker. Yeah, sometimes you can look slower if you're not really if sure. If you're hesitant or thinking too much, Trevin Wallace might be one of the fastest players on the team, but he's still processing a little bit. Now, when it's time for him to turn and run, he can do that. Yeah. But he's still just a true freshman at that inside linebacker, so he's, he's not going to look as fast as he really is. Quick break here. Come back get more into this matchup with Missouri on Saturday night. Coach Stoops is looking for a full house, wants the BBN to turn out in mass to help Kentucky get to 2-0. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Leach Report. It's the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of our show from Wild Eggs in Palomar. Find out more about the voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. You know, they played more physical than us, you know, a year ago, and uh, that is uncharacteristic, and and uh, I, I don't particularly like that. And uh, so, you know, we need to be much more physical this year. So that was Mark Stoops at his weekly news conference yesterday. Uh, the boss is setting a tone this week, I think. Yeah, I think messaging is pretty clear over there to, uh, today and leading up to Missouri. But but I agree with him. Missouri out physical, Missouri out toughed Kentucky, yeah. which is a which is rare. If you're a guy for with a, a defensive team. background like he has, yeah, it just eats at you for somebody to have 92 yeah. plays. Yeah, this game is eating at him for a year. I mean, it, yeah. that, that what was on display in Columbia last year was not indicative of a Mark Stoops football team. And just to be clear, it's not anything Missouri did, like any of the it's it's because they in terms of a you know, the way that they played or anything. Right. It's just that they did what they did so well and Kentucky couldn't stop it. They flipped the what, script. I yeah. mean Missouri was Kentucky. Yeah. And and Kentucky was Missouri last year. So yeah. It's there's an interesting uh, story I remember and this actually relates to a Missouri game too. Uh, this was twenty sixteen and um, they played an early game, played a noon game, which was 11 out there. And at Kentucky, at that point, hadn't had, had a record of and played well in noon early start games. Now, part of the thing that's kind of the the reason for that is that they have much better players now yeah. than they did then, and, and more of them. But consequently, it got to a point where Stoops was tired of hearing about it. Oh yeah. And so they went out there that week, and I mean, it was a, a big point of emphasis in the preparation that week. And they really, you know, talked about it a lot, and they went out and just annihilated Mizzou. Uh, Boom, JoJo, uh, Benny had huge, massive days. I forget what the numbers were, but they ran all over them. And uh, that was out in Columbia. And but I, I just was thinking about that as I was listening to the, that comment from him yesterday. So there are certain times when there's, for whatever reason, it's something that you know gets the phrase might be a burr in, under his saddle. Yeah, and. He he's going to you know it's going to be a big point of emphasis this week in oh, those absolutely. practices. <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent. Knowing Mark as well as I do, that's it, uh, the tone has been set. Yeah, I go back to Missouri two thousand eighteen, Tom, and I think the most impressive thing that I've ever seen in a football game, going all the way back to birth, was not allowing Missouri a first down yes. in the second half. With that quarterback who's now with the with the Broncos with uh, with those receivers, Lock. Larry Roundtree. Uh, yeah. 
that was impressive. Yeah, that no. was that was the most impressive thing I've ever seen in a football game. That's one of those stats that didn't get enough attention. No, absolutely not. Because one first down and Kentucky couldn't win the game because they need they needed actually an extra couple of seconds yes. than than the full sixty minutes yeah. to win the game, and they would not have been able to do no. that with one one first down. No, that 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 was what was so impressive about that football game. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a game on uh, Saturday where Kentucky uh, is going to come in, I think, very, very focused. Yes. But Missouri's also good. It's even, yeah. You can be focused and still not win the game. Yeah. So what do they need to do? What do they need to do to change, to flip the script back in the Kentucky direction? Take advantage of Missouri's defense. Steve Wilkes, the coordinator, was the head coach of the Cardinals. Uh, against Central Michigan, a ton, a ton of press man coverage with one free safety. So a safety on top, man free, whatever you want to call it. Central Michigan hit them for 21 plays that went for 10-plus yards. Eight plays, 20-plus yards, two for 30, and one play for 40. So the big play is there against that press man uh, in a couple ways. You beat the press man off the line of scrimmage, Will Levis's arm strength and talent can hit some vertical shots. So this is a boomer bust game for the Kentucky offense. Uh, Lee and Cohn would try to get Missouri out of that coverage by vertical shots and in the running game. If you get past the initial six, and Missouri will stack the ball, will bring six players. You get past that with only one free safety, the DB's running man coverage w- with those receivers. You, Rodriguez, the running backs, can have a couple home run shots. High risk, high reward defense that Missouri's going to run. Kentucky could take advantage of that early. This game could get out of hand. You... Uh talked earlier about the fact that uh, Kentucky uh, kept it pretty vanilla yeah. in this opening game. Um, when <coughs> excuse me, you look at this matchup, yeah. uh, what do you think uh, Coach Cohen will be utilizing that we didn't see on Saturday out of his scheme that could be effective? Well, I think you're going to have to go back to the play-action pass. Some bootlegs, we didn't see a lot of that. Uh, and I know that's a staple of this offense. So there's a lot of things that I think Kentucky's going to throw out there. Uh, some different formations, some different personnel groups. Uh, Chris Lewis, we didn't see a lot of him. I think he, he could have a factor in that press man coverage because of his size. Mm-hmm. And then Will Levis get that arm straight. you got to beat the man coverage. This is what the biggest – well, there's several differences in Eddie Grant's offense and Lynn Cohen. But when teams played man-to-man against Kentucky last year, uh, it was pretty much <laughs> disadvantaged cats, right? Yeah. I mean, just to say that nicely. So, And this, why was that? Because receivers couldn't get open? Yeah, it just, it just wasn't built to do that. You know, when you can put six defenders in the box like Missouri's going to do and say beat us over top, Kentucky had a hard time beating teams over the top. It did that against Louisiana Monroe, but that's a bad opponent. I will be interested to see how Kentucky can take advantage of man coverage on Saturday. Because yeah, you have to beat it. And that's, I'm, I'm sure, what motivated Stoops, part of what motivated Stoops to make the change that yeah. he did offensively. And the other thing is, and I was actually chatting with him off here about this last night, is that with this kind of offense, you have the capability of coming back yes. if you need to better. Back, you yes. know, and what they were doing previously when you, their passing game, uh, was not that potent if you got down 14, 
17 or something, and, you know, the winning percentage in that situation not great anyway, but at least you've got a better shot. Yes. And, and again, when we talk about this offense versus that offense, I think Eddie, Eddie Grant did a fantastic job here. Yeah. Won a lot of football games. I think Kentucky would have beaten uh, ULM by 35 with Eddie Grant calling plays. It would have looked differently yeah. or different, but still, this is a new, new, new regime. This is a new offense. And, and this is it, where it should really uh, pay dividends or yeah. could pay dividends. They're going to be better in October and November at this offense right. than they are in September. Right. But what you're talking about is this is where you could really see it pay dividends in yes, this matchup. Absolutely. You got it. You got to take advantage of man coverage. Uh, when Missouri has the football, one of 11 on third downs against Central Michigan, that, that's alarming uh, uh, for, for Missouri. It's something to look at. But defensively, Tom, nine sacks against uh, uh, Central Michigan. That's impressive. Leads the country in that category. Blaze Aldridge is a, is a Rice transfer linebacker. Ten tackles, three and a half sacks, six tackles for loss. Was dynamic. He is going to force the issue. He could be an he could be a problem for Kentucky because if you go uh, uh, lateral, if you go east west, he's got the athletic ability to have some tackles for loss. How do you how do you uh, how do you uh, combat? Blaze Aldrich, you run right at him. You make him be phys- more physical than you at the point of attack. Uh, Devin, uh, Devin Nicholson, eight tackles. A lot of new faces in that Missouri secondary. Two corners that transferred from Tulsa are, are contributors. So a lot of opportunities for this Kentucky offense against the defense that I saw Wilkes use against Central Michigan. Now, is it going to be the same? I don't know. But Kentucky has had a hard, hard time against man coverage for the past five years. This is a real test for me to see if this offense is going to be able to take advantage of that, uh, of, of what Missouri will present. There could be a lot of home run opportunities for the Cats. We'll get to a break. Come back with our final segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback show on location at Wild Eggs in Palomar. We'll be right back. We are back for our final segment of the Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday Morning Quarterback Show on location at the Wild Eggs in Palomar. A nice crowd uh, here today, and we uh, encourage you to come out and uh, have a, a great meal and uh, watch the show, get a picture with Freddie that uh, you can put up on your wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be out at the uh, Hamburg location funny, next week. Uh, Casey uh, uh, sends in a suggestion of a nickname. Yeah. Uh, see what you think about this. Chris Hot Rod Riggs. Ah, I think he prefers C-Rod, but yeah, yeah I yeah. like it. That's, you know, it's a good one. People throw out nicknames sometimes, and they're like, eh, they kind of land flat. That one actually hey, could name, have potential. Name, image, and likeness, I'm sure he would use it. <laughs> uh, Mike says, and he uses the uh, quotation marks, getting out of hand, for your phrase, this Saturday would be wonderful redemption. Yeah. Hashtag Schlarman Strong. Yes, uh, listen, that, that Missouri defense, the way it played against Central Michigan, gave up a ton of explosive plays. So Kentucky can take advantage of that. But I will say this, Tom, this is going to be a, a game that features two very good quarterbacks. I can't stress enough how good I think Connor Basilak is. He's calm under stress. Calm under pressure, accurate, uh, quick processor. I, I really like this quarterback from Missouri, and Tyler Beatty is a fantastic running back. So, the quarterback running back matchups in this game is, is going to be are going to be fun to watch. And what we're talking about with Kentucky being able to disguise some things, yeah. 
what can they, you know, with the chance to go back and study that tape from last year, what curves can they throw at Bazelak? Well, I mean, the, blitzing. I mean, Kentucky and tackles for loss. We'll see if that trend continues. Kentucky, 14 tackles for loss, leads the SEC. Six sacks. Tied with Missouri with 14 tackles for loss. Yeah. So that's, that's a wash. Six quarterback sacks. Missouri leads the nation with nine quarterback sacks. So, But one guy had the third of theirs. 3.5 for Blaze Allridge, the, the Rice transfer. Kentucky's got to clean up. And not give up. And gave it, giving up four sacks to ULM was, was was not ideal. Three turnovers, not ideal. Seven penalties for 65 yards, not ideal. So there's some things to clean up. Kentucky can do that and take advantage of this man coverage. I like the Cats in this game. But I will say this. There's there's going to be a back and forth because Missouri's going to score. Uh, that I, I believe that much in, in Basilac. But he, Central Michigan defense is nothing like what he's going to see from Kentucky. And that same can be said for for Missouri as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. The uh, the home field crowd needs to be a factor in this one uh, and, and get loud when Missouri has the football. That's what Coach Mark Stoops was talking about yesterday. <laughs> you uh, are very much involved with the high school football scene. Yeah. Uh, we just wanted to pass along good wishes for the coach at Johnson Central, Jim Matney. Yeah, absolutely. Larry Vaught tweeted out yesterday that uh, he'd gotten a positive update that the coach had shown good. some improvement. Good. There was a, a vigil, I think, out at the, the at field the at Johnson field, Central on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, where people came out to pray for Coach yeah. uh, Matney. So we certainly sent out good wishes to him. Absolutely. I, he's a fantastic man, does a great job there at Johnson Central and does so much for that community. Uh, Ty Scroggins, the football field at Louisville Central, is going to be named after him. Wonderful honor for wonderful a guy we lost man. much too soon. Yes, love that guy. And, uh, yeah, two, two, two great football coaches has done tremendous work in the community. Uh, this week, the Kroger KSR hometown classic, Tom. The, the bowl game is this week. At Jackson County. At Shawnee at Jackson County. How about that? A, a uh, cool backstory on that matchup. Beautiful story. Well, it's not much time to get into it here, but you can – you can find it if you don't know about it. Most of you probably do. Quick thought, young guys that caught your eye. One in particular, the guy you were talking up after the uh, high school championship games, Jordan Dingle, had a, yes. a nice catch on a beautiful throw from Bo Allen. Yeah, I thought I thought he played well. I, I, that was a great contested catch, 31 yards, one catch, 31 yards. He, he looked good. Uh, Trevin Wallace moved around well, had the uh, horse collar tackle, but moved around yeah. well. Chauncey Magwood got reps. Jagger Burton had a lot of reps at guard, I thought. He, he played a good first game. See you next Monday. See you, Tom. Uh, we'll be back at the uh, Wild Eggs in Hamburg next week for our Shuffle Bean Coffee Monday morning quarterback edition of the Leach Report. Shuffle Bean Coffee is a Kentucky-based company, and they love the cats, and they love making fantastic coffee. It's all about the uh, coffee beans that they start with. You can go to shufflebean.us, read the backstory on that, order some Shuffle Bean Coffee. You can pick it up at Kroger.